Okay, take number two. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the Fans Podcast. This is episode 30. 30, mm. and this is going to be... Uh, this is going to be a good episode. Sam and I have uh, have real come to the realization that we have not had um, enough guests over the past couple episodes, and over the next couple weeks, uh, we've got three, four, maybe even more lined up, and uh, we got our first guest in a while, in a while. But before we get to who that is and why he's here, uh, Sam, how was your week, man? Uh, pretty awful. I accidentally burned myself today while working at uh, Noodles, so that was kind of a downer yeah how'd you do that so what we have to do is we have to clean this grill that we uh grill all the chicken on right mm-hmm. and we we literally get like a like a graphite brick and you have to scrape it along the grill top mm-hmm. all right so you got that image and then our grill has a like a top layer on it that was also hot and i accidentally like grazed my forearm on that top part oh so you didn't like burn a hand or a finger you you burned your arm yeah like um just beyond the elbow oh ouch elbow elbow (laughs) (laughs) and there's the third voice and the guest (laughs) who we have brought on josh carson he's been on the show before but it has been a while and actually the last time we had him on uh the nba season had not started but the nba season is now in full swing and we're going to talk some nba with josh because he's honestly our best resource for this stuff no i appreciate that (laughs) so um josh how was your week dude it was good man i just finished up the rest of my online stuff i had to do for school so we're officially done for a month now i'm sorry sam i think you're still going right yeah yeah i got a final tomorrow at 8 a.m so I just want, I got to tell everybody because Sam was talking about the the chicken that he was cooking. Uh, <laughs> Sam Sam told me a story a little while back that uh, he, when he cooks his own chicken, he just boils it and and that's it. I haven't he, done that really? in a while, but I have I have done that before. Yeah, he just boils the chicken. Yeah, it's easy, and then takes it out of the boiled water. And then just eats it. Yeah. Hey, Jason, you remember watching the Phil Army and uh, media? Yeah. Remember watching all those guys? You know what? They did a Thanksgiving fail edition, and they put this big old turkey on the back of this truck, and they had like this, uh, man, this big old lighter was like shooting flames at it, and that's how they cooked the turkey. And it was it was pretty charred. It's it's hard to explain, <laughs> but um, it was like shooting flames at it. And I'm surprised the turkey didn't come off. Eventually, it did. I but, feel uh, like yeah, it reminded me of that. I feel like that's more uh, uh, a better way to cook it than just boiling. It. Really, it's all in all in one process, and it looks like I, Sam has got it down. I guess I'm surprised. I'm still here. Still here. <laughs> still here. I just anybody who's listening, like, give us your thoughts on boiling chicken and then just eating it because i heard that story and i i, I about threw up what? Uh, Why? I, I, because i enjoy cooking and that's not that's not how you cook chicken there are so many ways that that could go wrong it is a way you cook chicken no that's a way you defrost chicken <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh yeah. yeah you're getting more than ramen noodles though man so there you go yeah that's true <laughs> that's true all right, so let's get down to it. Um, 
so the NBA season is in full swing. But before we even get to uh, what's currently going on uh, in the in the regular season right now, one thing that uh, the three of us had not have not had a chance to sit down and talk about, and we actually pushed this off, um, Josh, until we until we got you back on the show, and that was the uh, the potential schedule changes for uh, 2021 and the 2022 season. So uh, for anybody who's not uh, been keeping up with the potential changes that are coming to the NBA uh, in the upcoming seasons, I'm going to read you a short bit of an article uh, right off uh, the NBA's um, page. Um, It says, A person familiar with the negotiations uh, by the NBA is working with with the Players Union and its teams on a plan to shorten the regular season, possibly to 78 games, they are also considering a change to the playoff seating and the addition of a mid-year tournament for all 30 clubs in time for the 2021-22 season. Now, there would be a 78 regular game season, 30-team in-season tournament to begin um, tentatively around Thanksgiving. Uh, there could be a postseason play-in for the 7th and 10th seeds, and there would be a reseeding uh, for the four conference finalists. So with all that information, Josh, I'm sure you've got a lot to say about this. What uh, what are your thoughts on the potential changes coming to the NBA? Well, I remember reading that, um, seeing that article, and you know, I feel like this type of stuff has been rumored for years. Like we've heard about potential schedule changes, and Adam Silver has been a lot more progressive as um, the commissioner as opposed to the former and David Stern, and just the way that he's been pushing certain things. And this is definitely one of them. Um, I know he's also been up on potentially getting high schoolers the ability to come straight out of high school back into the NBA. But, um, yeah, so we know he's progressive. And, and to the schedule thing, the main thing that um, I really took from that article, besides the whole layout, is that, um, well, first, about the layout. These tournaments and these plans um, during the season is to mimic, I guess, I don't watch a lot of soccer, but it's to mimic how some of those leagues do it over there. Um, in Europe, I think. So I think they have, Sam, you might be able to comment on this, like in-season uh, games that can actually mean something for seeding in terms of plans and, and uh, divisions play each other. I think that was mentioned as well. Sam, well, do you want to comment? So the way, so this is the best of my knowledge, and if there's guys out there that know how uh, like European football works more than they're probably going to cringe at this, but there's, I know for sure there's the regular season. So there's the premier league, which is the English season and like La Liga and the uh, Syria and stuff like that. Those are like each nation's leagues, right? Yep. And then there's also the champions league and the Europa leagues that are going on that are like a separate tournament from the individual nations leagues where the champions league is the winners or the first four from the, Premier League and the first four from the La Liga, they all go to a tournament and play teams from other leagues. And that's all going on at the same time that the Premier League is going on. So for the NBA, it would be like the regular NBA season's going on and you get the playoff standings worked out through the year. But then there's another tournament where East versus Western teams, say, play each other in different, like, best of three style yeah. series and i then think they, they were talking about like doing that. that with divisions they were talking about doing that with divisions and having that for a certain amount of weeks in the season i um, don't know how they're going to do that yeah anyway, i think i remember reading about that either way i think another thing that may go past some of us is we're just focusing on the basketball aspect of it is the business aspect and that is you know 
we think, oh, just shave a couple games off. It won't really matter. But to the owners, you know, they may be mega millionaire billionaires. But a game, think about how much money a game can generate. You have media contracts, which they're in, con- they're in uh, talks about working that out with ESPN, Turner Sports, all of these media partners that broadcast the games. They're going to lose four games during the season. So that's money there. You think about um, when you enter the arena, all of the food, because basically when they get you in the arena, it's like they got a monopoly on you. You got to buy water. You got to buy food. You got to buy everything from the arena, plus the cost of the tickets, plus merchandise, you know, whatever else you want to buy. And so you're losing out on four games. But I think what they mentioned is they found a way. We're not particularly sure yet, but they found a way to basically there wouldn't be any losses. It'd be like they're breaking even even with losing four games. So I think the business aspect side of it is interesting to kind of look at as well. Um, well but really, but really anything, anything to create more competition during the season, um, especially when you got players like a Kawhi Leonard, who's notorious for he, the Raptors last season, he played in 60 games. And at the end of the season, it was vital that he only played in those 60 games because he had saved enough legs for the end when he was clearly hobbled in the playoffs. So you're not going to have guys being able to do stuff like that anymore. And um, so that could be a benefit at the end of the day in terms of just the competition during the regular season. But they've, they've posed this. So ESPN had like a whole circuit when this first, this news first came out and they asked former players and I think it was unanimous that all of them said they weren't buying that guys would buy into this, tournament what would the nba have to do to make guys buy in and compete for this tournament in the middle of the season yeah i mean i can see that side as well if you have let's say like divisions facing each other and then one of those teams is guaranteed a playoff berth i you, i think you see you get guys get up for that two-week stretch or whatever stretch it may be but inevitably if you think that this is, if, if we think that this is going to get players to play all 82 or not 82, but 78, it would be, um, I doubt it. There's still going to be times where they're going to find out when to get their load management. And, you know, as time has gone by, I know Jason, you've been a um, close follower of the Spurs just kind of throughout your yep. life. And they were really, they were really like the first ones to they were ahead do the it, load yeah. management, you know? And at first I was kind of like, no, that's lame. Back in, you know, back in the day, they never did load management. But I see now like how valuable it is, how it's saved uh, LeBron's career, um, how it saved Leonard last season. I mean, I really with Leonard, I don't want to keep going back to that, but you really can't just in recent memory um, look at a single season and make a better case for load management than what Kawhi Leonard did with the Raptors. I mean, he went in there and he said, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm playing 60 games. You know, that's what it ended up being. I'm taking this night off when I feel like I need to take this night off. And it literally, that's, I I really truly believe that's the reason he was able to play all the way through the end. Clearly hobbled it in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe they don't play, maybe they don't play 78 games with this, but maybe they play 70, you know, and that's better than 65 or or 60 or whatever it may be, because there's got to be games that matter. And those are the games that could drive more revenue. Those are the games, you know, for playoff bursts. And that's when you're going to see all the top players on the court. And I think what the NBA wants to do more than anything is make games in the regular season where you can almost guarantee that your top players are going to be on the floor. So no fans, right? So no fans can get. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Even marquee matchups. I mean, Kawhi has sat out a number of marquee matchups this season that were 
you know, ESPN primetime games. Uh, the Bucks came to the, to the Clippers. Yep. And Kawhi didn't play. And yeah. people are like, you got to be kidding me. You know, sit out against, you know, Charlotte. But don't sit out against, you know, Milwaukee. But this, the dude doesn't care. He don't care. This season is very telling for – if you're Adam Silver, as much as it pains you that the NBA's ratings are lower, it actually builds your case for what his plans are with – Golden State having so many televised games and New Orleans having so many televised games and the Clippers and just so teams on that, like Milwaukee sat uh, Giannis the other day on TNT. It's like teams are not afraid to sit their guys and you have ratings are lower, which you're talking about the business side of it. Adam Silver can go up to these guys and, hey, we want to get these ratings up. If it's If it means that we sacrifice four games to make sure that the 78 other games are better. That's, that's going to be more money in your pocket. That's definitely true. And can I make a comment about the ratings really quick too? I heard, I don't know what the exact number or what it's down by or anything like that. First of all, um, I later on, if you give me a chance, I want to present some crazy facts about the NBA that I was looking up. Yeah. And this is crazy just to show, um, I don't want to do this now, but just to show how far the league has come in terms of uh, it's changing offensively focused. But um, the ratings... I think you can agree that throughout the history of the NBA, the greatest times in the league and the times that we remember the most are always associated with the dynasty. They're always associated with an all-time great team. All right, you have the Lakers and Celtics of the – let's just start in the 80s with the Lakers and Celtics, the Jordan Bulls, right, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, the San Antonio Spurs who were kind of like an extended dynasty throughout the mid-thousands. thousands um, the Warriors. LeBron Heat, the Warriors. Ratings are higher than ever during these times. Initially. And yes. And, and, and yes, because I, I think some of the hype may die off um, towards like last the end, season with the Warriors. The end of the Warriors, and with, especially that, that Cleveland, the last Cleveland series. Yeah. It, that was, it was done. <laughs> yeah. That series was over before it started. It was cool to see LeBron go off and give a glimmer of hope but once once we realized that lebron scoring 53 wasn't even going to be enough for them to well, win a game but at the like, same time we're I so think, tired of this i think Go that ahead. was more of a product of not the warriors that was just who they ended up playing i i don't i i get what you're saying sam but i think that the part of the reason those ratings were down was not necessarily because people were sick and tired of the warriors it was like well cleveland's got no shot yeah yeah but like there, you, there was people no tuned chance. in. People still wanted to tune in because you have LeBron basically by himself facing an all-time great dynasty, and that is a headline in itself. And so I just think that you know I don't know if you guys agree or don't agree, but I've just uh, through research and and through listening to to many other just sources on this dynasties and all-time great players on on dynastic teams is what always attracts and hypes you up. And this year, you know, we always talk about we want parity, right? And, and I'm a proponent for, um, you know, a, you, you want a level playing field. You want parity. But how come ratings are down when there's so many teams that could win this year? Like there's a, there's a handful of teams that could win yeah. legitimately with a chance. I think Milwaukee has a real chance. The Lakers, the Clippers. I mean, the Rockets are kind of a long shot. But the, you, you, there's no definitive team where you're like, I'm looking up the mountain and, and that's a team we need to get off of it. Well, and we always we kind of complain about you know 
uh, we don't want that team up on the mountain. We want a level playing field. But then when the playing field becomes level, the ratings kind of decrease. So I don't know about that. No, I I get that. It's I just that. it's just because this year is a transition from one dynasty to another. Because if the way the NBA set it up, Golden State I think had either the most or second most nationally televised games going into the year. So mm-hmm. if all those guys are healthy, or at least Steph is healthy, then that they would have still been in the light, and you would have had increase. But now that they're on TV so much, and they're legitimately the worst team in the NBA. It's that's what's driving ratings down. It's like, why are we watching Golden State every single night lose all the time, or New Orleans without Zion because they got so many nationally televised games? Yeah, and they're zero and ten in their last ten games. We mm. just see the, both these teams on so often, and it's like, well, oh my gosh! And then you have guys sitting out with, like, just wait till Christmas. That's it. That's when the NBA yeah. season starts. Wait till Christmas. Yeah, that's true. That's true, actually. That's a good point um, about the, the whole Christmas thing. Um, and I, In terms of load management, like, I just think about other sports. You know, you have – I mean, baseball, you don't necessarily have to do it because at least – I guess the only time in which load management becomes an issue – not an issue – becomes prevalent in baseball is just with pitchers. Um, and no. Like, in, yeah, well, like, in the postseason – more so because you because you because they have a certain rotation for their guys um and and you know especially because that the pitchers need you know pitchers legitimately need games and days off um for for that but then you turn it over to like football and i'm thinking about an it's like this load management could like almost never happen in football just in the sense of like because you're talking about load management, at least in the NBA, happens the majority of the time with the marquee players. And when it comes to football, like the marquee players on a on a football team is the quarterback. So you you go to like let's say Lamar Jackson for a second. Like there's no way he's sitting throughout the year just taking a game off. Because each game is so valuable in terms That's of That's right, because there's less games. So yeah, you can make the exactly. argument that you can't sit out a game because one win is the difference between sometimes you know a top seed or you have to play somebody on the road for the, the NFC or AFC title game. Yeah. So just the number of games, that's, what the, that's why the NBA is probably thinking, you know, decrease the games even by a little bit and then you know, make them more valuable, we'll have our players play. But I still don't th- – and I was getting to that too because I don't think taking away four games is going to do much in the way of, I guess, emphasizing the importance of the regular season. Maybe something like right. the mid-season tournament might. I don't know how that would work. But decreasing the games by four, if, if the idea – is to put emphasis on regular season games. Decreasing it by four, I don't think is going to do anything. It would have to come in the form of that that tournament. Right. I just don't know how you get guys that are that have already shown that they're willing guys and coaches because coaches are part of it too. How are you supposed to tell them that suddenly this this is important when winning championships is important? That's the thing. They may not be able to. I just don't know how they – because in – we com, if we're comparing it to Europe, uh, world football, 
the Champions League is, if anything, the most prestigious behind winning the World Cup. Like, that is because you're champion of champions. That is something you can sell. Like, what would the NBA do? You have guys play teams in Europe or something like that? I don't don't know how they would... Well, then the question is this, right? If if it's four games, and I agree with you, I saw seventy eight, and I was like, "Wow, that's really all they're going to reduce it to?" Yeah. For money purposes, I understand that. But yes. okay, let's just say money money is not an object, right? Like we like to throw that around. Let's just say money ain't no object. What are the like? What is the amount of games that you could actually reduce it to, to where each game would actually matter? 16, the playoffs, is that it? Is, <laughs> all, is that what we're at now? That's what truthfully, I'm truthfully, know, truthfully, the number that came to my head for the NBA was 50. That was the first number that popped into my head. No, um, 50. Because I don't think – because if you go to 70, I don't think 70 is going to do much either, at least when you're talking yeah. about in terms of 82. Yeah. It's got, it would have to be a significant number. 50 to 60, I think. Yeah, I, I think it would have to be at because least that. If you think about this, right? I'm looking at the records right now of teams. The New York Knicks are five and twenty. If you have a fifty game season, then you basically gotta win out to have any chance to make anything, you know? So wins are that much more valuable. Um so I think like fifty to sixty games, but obviously that's just something that's just not gonna happen. Now I mean, Sam, it's not gonna happen. It's not built for that. Sam, you said no, so like what what was what was going on in your head? Like what do you think? Oh, I just um, – I feel like that's too too low because you always see teams get in the swing of things in the second half. Once the in like March, break, after All-Star break. All, that's it, after yeah. After the All-Star break. We always see like Miami is really good at this. Uh, oh, for some reason, Eric Spolster teams are really good at just coming together after the All-Star game and like really coming into their own. I feel like the, – They're good right now. The level of play would somehow – yeah, we're D- going to get to that. Diminish towards playoff times because these guys wouldn't be, I guess, in much of a rhythm. I don't know if I could really prove that, but that's just something for my... It's the optics. Like, it, that normally happens. It seems to happen throughout the season. I was, I was, I'm curious, Josh, do you know if they do shorten the schedule, would it be, like, the same length of time, like, from day A to day B, or would they shorten that... So well. if you were to ever do this, I think I did this before in 2K when you would uh, do like a association and you want to yeah, yeah. play a 50 game season, whatever, they would keep the same amount of time from like October till April, but they just give you a, like a two week break. You'd have like a week and a half break between games at times. Do we want you that know? as fans to wait no, three we, or that's four just... days for your team to play? I feel like we're spoiled now and we would almost... Be like, oh my gosh, the Kings—they—they got like a week off. What are we yeah. going to do? I think it would force people to watch more games because I think at that point you'd be searching maybe for games to to start to nationally televise, and then more teams would get some more national yeah. publicity. And I think it would almost force people to watch. And it, it's a two-sided coin. It would either force people to watch games that they wouldn't normally watch, or B, they wouldn't they wouldn't watch them at all. And this is if money is not an object, yeah, right? Yeah, because this would be impossible. There's no way that the NBA is giving up their 
Wednesday night TNT doubleheader and your yeah. ESPN doubleheaders on Tuesday or what, like blah, blah, blah. There's no way. Cause if, if you gave teams four days off, there would be days where there would be no NBA. Well, cause think about it. Think about how many games they'd be giving up. It'd be cause so you got two teams playing in each game. So you're basically giving up, you know, we're taking, we're talking about 30 games, you know, taking away potentially 30 games, 30 games times like 15, because there's two teams playing, um, in, uh, in each game, but it would almost be 30 times, you know, 32 times 30. And, but, yeah. oh, the NBA, it's I feel like they could, they could schedule it in a way where they could possibly have one game on a night, something like that, if you take away that many games. But obviously we're not factoring in arena uh, contractual obligations and like on off nights, you know, there's, there's like uh, concerts and stuff that come into these yeah. arenas. And so you have that. And then uh, there was another very interesting point that I was going to bring up that has currently slipped my mind. Um, so I'm just not going to go with that for <laughs> well, now. There's uh, the other thing, too, is like, Josh, you were saying we started this whole thing with dynasties drive the ship of the NBA, right? Yeah. And they drive that. So the Lakers are getting talked about and the Clippers are getting talked about. Like those two teams are getting talked about the most in the mass media, right? If yeah. you have those teams sitting out for an extended period of time, the NBA is almost out of the conversation of sports especially if in terms of is going on and what cutting back cutting back games you say yeah so if like oh yeah if, if their one matchup was charlotte hornets and washington wizards ain't nobody watching that well not just yeah. not just that they're not that people aren't watching but say the lakers play on monday and then don't play until saturday from monday to saturday the sports center isn't covering the lakers as much you yep. don't have first take talking about the lakers as much like that for that oh, is this- worth something to the nba yep for ESPN to cover them so much. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Um, think about, we talk about, let's just cut back games, you know, but think about how much that would disrupt being able to look at players and compare players historically. Like, how much would that skew data? You know, think about, you have less games. James Harden last season went on like a 20-plus game streak of 30 a night, right? He went on a, and. So think about that. What if he does that for like 30 games of the season? The guy could even easily average like plus 30 points for a whole season in only 60 games. You know, so it's like, yeah, well, you know, go back and look at numbers in lockout seasons. You could probably like put the numbers of a lockout season next to numbers of a, of a uh, regular season of 82 games. And it's like those numbers are always going to be inflated because with yeah. less games. You and know? honestly, that's also a two-sided coin as well because you'd have you'd have exactly what you're talking about with James Harden, you know, you, who could potentially, you know, over 50 games be averaging like, you know, 40, 45 points or whatever the heck. But then you'd have old NBA records that would just never get touched. Like like John Stockton's assist record would yep. never get touched. It or any even, minutes played. Yeah, well, or minutes played. Or, true, or, or even total points, I don't even think. If you're taking away 30 games. Mm-hmm. But guys can play longer, theoretically. They can have more in the back end. Um, but how much longer? <sighs> mm. Like, say if LeBron played 30 games less each year, we'd be talking about him playing maybe for another decade. Maybe. Maybe. But, you, but then, but then you'd think maybe these guys would play more minutes a night, you know, and then it balances it, either way. Um, I want to, I want to actually get, if you allow me to do this, to, to a couple of crazy facts about the NBA right now. 
Sure, yeah, let's do that, and then I've got some uh, grill the guest questions for you too. All right. Um, okay, so here's a couple facts. So this is going to highlight um, in the modern-day NBA and uh, the changes in the offensively focused league versus, you know, the 2000s was more defensively focused and, and um, hard-nosed. So all, so here's the first fact. All 30 teams last season averaged over 103 points per game. Now, just eight years ago, in the 2011-2012 season, there were only three teams that averaged over 103 points per game. So we went from three teams averaging over 103 eight years ago to last season, every team averaged over 103 points per game. So that just shows you the shift in, in the pace of play. Um, I feel like this and, year, too, to go off of that, I feel like this year yeah. the scores have been outrageous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And one score, the, the Rockets won 158 to 111 over the Hawks. Yeah, like, You're scoring 111 and you're losing almost by 60. So wild. Um, <laughs> here's another one. To compare league leaders in points per game from this season, this is 2019-2020, to eight years ago, 2011-2012, you'd have to travel to the fifth leading scorer which is Bradley Beal with 28 points per game this season to match the leading scorer for 2011-2012, which was Kevin Durant with 28 points per game. Durant as the scoring title leading scorer with 28 points per game in 2011-2012 would be fifth on the modern day list for points per game. Well, it is early in the year though. Right, right. It is we, early, are, yeah. we are 20, about 25 games in um, and obviously a whole season. These are just going to be you know, stats based on what we have so far, but the trend is there, obviously. What yeah. um, what's Harden averaging right now? I'll get to, I'll get to that, and I'll let you guys oh, guess okay. as well. I got I got you. All right. So there are currently <laughs> there are three players that are averaging above thirty points per game. Yeah. Can you name them? Who is third so on the list? Harden, Giannis, Luca. Yes, you got them all. Okay, so <laughs> who's third? Uh, Giannis is a little above thirty, so I'm assuming it's him. What do you think, Jason? I would say Giannis is third on that too. Okay, so you you flipped two and three. So you have Luca at third with thirty point one, and Giannis at second at thirty point eight. Oh my! And that's that's what he's at right now. So thirty and thirty. Now James Harden, uh, he's first. Uh, he's averaging an absurd. Sam, is it like thirty six? Jason, thirty four. 38 and a half oh, points per oh, game. No, wow. He's averaging nearly 40 points per game. Didn't he just and score he, 50 like recently? 55. It was his 11th 55 point game in his career. He's dropped 60 this season. Um, he had a game in this season where he dropped 50 on 11 for 38 from the field. That's only 28.9% shooting, but he went 24 <laughs> for 24 from the line. 24 free throws. 24 free throws. He has shot, I believe, over a hundred more free throws in his career than field goals. Okay. So, and it, what the crazy fact is he's not even close to first in MVP voting either. Like, like many analysts are going to consider Giannis, LeBron, maybe even Luka Doncic over James Harden. And he's dropping numbers like that, that are just eye popping. Um, okay. And then I want to also talk about with that, the meteoric rise of Luka Doncic, right? Now I know you two are both Kings fans. Oh, it's got to hey, hurt a little bit. Hang no, on, actually, better, right? hang on a sec. Because that was going to be a grill the guest question I had for you guys. So if we could save that, actually. Because, um, Josh, you and I are on the same wavelength right now. That was going to be one of the questions I was gonna okay. actually going to ask you guys. Um, okay. Yeah, Let's skip. Up, I'll skip. I'll skip Luca. <laughs> but I do want to give you this interesting fact about PER. 
Um, you know about PER? It's a player efficiency rating. It measures yeah, yeah. the player's statistical performance into one number. So the greatest PER in a single season was Wilt Chamberlain in 1962-1963. 31.82 was... He holds all the records. <laughs> right, right. Uh, that was his PER. And so, again, measuring every stat, measuring effectiveness, um, plus, minus, all of that. 31.82. Now, James Harden, through 25 games of this season, has 31.8. That makes him second of all time, right? Oh. If he continues in the pace. Okay, it gets crazier. Wilt, 31.82, first of all time. Guess who's above him? Luka Doncic, 31.92. <laughs> But guess who's absolutely crushing him? Giannis, Giannis. 33.98. <laughs> a 30, nearly 34 PER, which to me is like, okay, mean, see, 34. It's, in it's terms hard of, to, yeah, in terms to of calculate. Like, yeah, it's like, just is, how this, efficient. Unit? It, it's going to take every player's statistical performance, and it's going to put it into one number. So it's going to take a shooting percentage, like true shooting percentage, well, plus, think, minus. I think the question uh, Sam is asking, like, what is a good – PER versus no, bad no, PER. that's not what I'm asking. But it's like that 34 number doesn't so, mean anything to me because yeah, you're like what? Like, what does it really mean? So I can give you this at least. Um, players who won MVPs and also had a high PER. How about that? Wilt, his year where he had the the top PER of all time, 31.82. He won an MVP. Out of this list, um, Michael Jordan has a top PER with an MVP. LeBron, if you basically remember the great Steph Curry season from 15, 16, yeah. um, he has an MVP with a 31.6 PER, 31.46. Um, Shaq dominant season has a high PER and MVP. So it's basically just, you know, you take all your stats, you put them into one, you're super efficient. Um, your shooting is efficient. You're really helping your team. You have a high plus minus. It's everything into one and it measures your, how efficient are you? Um, and for example, Kobe Bryant is an all-time great player, but we know him not to be an efficient player. He is not on the top PER list because he's the type of guy who would go out there and shoot, you know, 10 for 30, maybe drop 30 on 30 shots. That's not very efficient. That does not contribute to a high PER. Um, and so just, just all of that kind of factored in. The higher you get, the more efficient you are and the more that you help your team with the higher plus minus on the floor. Huh. Yeah. I'm and actually then, kind and of surprised Harden is as high as he is based on how many shots he takes and how versus how many he misses. Right. There was one game, though, the other night. I think he had 60 points. And I, I have to look up the difference between a shooting percentage and a true shooting percentage. But he had a true shooting percentage of 88%. Don't they? Which is, like, it's insane. Don't they, don't they, like, affect it to where, like, a three-pointer – percentage is greater than a two or something like that like possibly a, like because a i would imagine is, so is the higher percentage yeah. shot than so he two. went he went eight for 14 on threes in this game Jeez. he went eight for 10 on twos and he went 20 for 23 from the line he had 60 points eight assists three rebounds and three steals and just just to make a comment i mean he had right 60 there. he had 60 and that's something you'd look at like um you know we we glamorize Kobe's last game of his career for 60 points at that point of his career. Like it was incredible. His, yeah. his shooting percentage, you know, wasn't, wasn't great. He jacked up a bunch of shots and everything, but, who, but I look them? at that. Yeah. 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 No, no doubt. But you look at that and it's like, wow, 60 points. Like when do you see 60 and dude, James Harden has done this two years in a row and he's following it up 
with like 55 and three quarters. I think the 60 point game was in three quarters. He played 30 minutes. So imagine if you keep him in there for the rest of the game, he's on pace for arguably one of like the, the highest scoring games ever. He could, he could have passed Kobe's 81, you know? So there's just stuff like this that's happening more regularly. So I think we don't see it with as much shock and awe anymore. Yeah. Um, and then one final thing that, that I found interesting is that we got a guy, Giannis, who plays with a very throwback playing style. Imagine if he had a very efficient three and jump shot. It'd be incredible. Oh, my gosh. But um, he's, he, he, so Giannis and Luka are two standout players in both conferences, and their styles are different than most of the league. They're not changing with the league, shooting a bunch of threes, uh, being the quickest, anything like that. Luka – he gets it done in his own way. Same thing with Giannis and they're standing out um, in two top MVP candidates, at least at this point in the season. And then another thing that I found interesting is that you got LeBron James, you got Giannis and well, there's Kawhi. He, the dude sits out a third of the games almost, and he could still be considered the league's best player. So yeah. I think that's just kind of wild. Like nope. you got a guy who's just, Nope, I don't care. I'm playing 60 games, but when it matters, I'm the best. You know, and so that'll be interesting. That's all I have to say about interesting facts. I just yeah. thought those were those were just um, I don't know. We, it, you know, it's like um, we're it's like we're desensitized to it, whatever the word is. You know, it's like I've gotten slapped in the face enough that I don't feel it anymore. Like I've seen 60, 50, 40, like the, like forty is the new thirty. You know, a guy yeah. puts up thirty, and you're like, oh, hey, good night. You know, you see forty. It's just, I don't know. The numbers have just gotten so inflated and it's, it's not a bad thing. If you like offense, I mean, if you're defensively minded and you like the old, you know, 89 to 88 final score, San Antonio Spurs, mid thousands versus Detroit Pistons type games, then you hate this league. But, um, for, for a generation of kids who are growing up on their social media and, you know, you got, you know, something flying at you every which way. And you always want to be constantly stimulated with information you're looking at this and you're like, I love this league. Basket here, basket there, 60 points here, 40 there, 45 there, eight threes, 11 threes. It's like, it's just un- unbelievable what's going on here. Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a different league um, for sure. One that, and it's kind of cool, at least from our perspective, is that we've sort of been in that era where we, we've seen both. Like, yeah. I, I remember the 2000, like the 2010 Chicago Bulls. You know, like that yeah. that old Bulls team with like Boozer and Rose and and Noah, they would they'd be like sixty to seventy three with like their final score. Um, yep, they just beat up teams, and now it's a complete flip. So we've actually gotten to see both, which is kind of cool. And I think what's cool too is that we've all gotten to play. And not now, obviously, never no pro level, nothing like that. But it's like in a in an era where the three ball wasn't like the go to shot. Now. Yeah. Young teams, it's like we want to get we want to get as up as many threes as we can. We want to get out and run, and it wasn't like that. I mean, I remember when we started playing, it was like, let's get in our half court set, like get a get a fast break layup when you can, but get in the half court set and maybe work it to a corner three. You know, maybe if you shoot, it, like it wasn't ever frowned upon to shoot threes, but it just wasn't as like the. I feel like it's become the number one option even for these young young players now. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, that was awesome because that was a segment that obviously, um, you know, we having all those facts and whatnot. And a lot of this show is, um, based on just a, a little bit of research that Sam and I do. And, 
And it's a very opinionated show, and it was nice to have some uh, some facts right there. And actually, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna jump from facts right back over to opinions. Nice. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna do a, we're gonna do <laughs> grill the guest. Um, I've got some uh, grill the guest questions for both of you guys. Um, so this time it'll obviously be uh, Sam versus Josh. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, and Sam, you know, you know, Sam, that I think Kevin Durant is the best player of all time. <laughs> what happened to Steph Curry? I don't think Josh ever thought Steph oh, was the best. No, there was a time. I don't think so. It's always been Durant. No, I don't think I ever put Steph on the goat level. Yeah. He, I was impersonating Skip in, too. Uh, when we argued till like 3 a.m. during high school, weren't you arguing for Steph <laughs> over LeBron? Uh, for MVP. But never, over, never over Michael Jordan. No, no, no. Yeah. Because yeah. LeBron's already better than Michael Jordan, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That's a debate for another time. <laughs> you know, Sam, you will grow to appreciate me, though, because I have come to the consensus that there are goats of generations – and no, there's only one. No, I think there are goats <laughs> of generations. I think forever, all time, uh, Michael Jordan will always be more iconic than LeBron James due to his Jordan brand, due to just the off-court um, appeal that he created. And that's no – I mean, it's not a fault to LeBron. Like, LeBron came in when there was already that type of culture. Uh, Michael Jordan basically created it, though. And that's just something that you can't put onto the court. Um, anyway, go ahead. Um, me. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um. So these uh these couple questions that I'm gonna ask you guys um uh, don't take a billion years in your answer. I won't give you a timer, but don't uh don't sit here and blabber on for five no, you minutes. Give us a timer. Uh. No, well, you know what? I'll have a sort of mental timer. Um. So Josh, you're the guest. I'll ask you first. Uh, the NBA champion of this current season is coming out of L.A. So are you taking L.A. or the field? I'm taking the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, he's taking the Clippers. So definitively, okay, why? Because I think at the end of the day, um, I think they have a better two-star punch and a deeper rest of the team than the Los Angeles Lakers do, so they'll prevail over them in the Western Conference Finals. And I think Kawhi is going to show LeBron – um, who's the king of L.A. And I think when they play Milwaukee in the finals, that Milwaukee, besides Giannis, just does not have the firepower, and you stick Kawhi on Giannis, and then boom, it's the end of it. Sam, L.A. or the field, NBA champions? L.A. And I would go with uh, that team in the yellow. Team in the yellow. Okay, why? Uh they got the goat on their team. They got AD playing at a monster level. I just love it when he scores 50 and everyone proclaims him the best player on the planet all of a sudden, even though he's gotten out of the first round once. I just love that. That's the best thing. But I think LeBron can carry AD. And if like LeBron carried a team with a bad Kevin Love and J.R. Smith, who didn't know what time was on the clock, and George Hill, he carried that team to the NBA Finals over some pretty good teams in Boston and Indy and um, Toronto. So why can't he do the same with this Lakers team, which looks deep, probably the deepest team he's ever played for, and 
they just look really good right now. You know, I uh, I would have to take – I'm going to take L.A. with you guys as well, um, and I'm really torn between who I would pick. I think my heart would say the Clippers, obviously, because of my guy. Um, but uh, it's, it's, hard. it's hard to bet against the Lakers right now. Um, the and- only thing that I could put toward the Lakers and, and giving them the potential edge is LeBron's sense of urgency. Because Kawhi just got one. Paul George has got the sense of urgency. But for LeBron, I mean, it's not like he's got like 10 years left. He may have like five, maybe six to play with his son if that's his goal. But that's the one thing that I could see. It's like, you know what, man? I finally have my team in L.A. The Warriors somehow got dismantled. This is the best chance for me, and I need to do this now. And he is the one that, I mean, even I think possibly over Kawhi, you could trust a little bit more in a situation like that. Um, I just think the Clippers are deeper. I think they have a great defensive deeper, lineup. Yeah. Every lineup Whoa, is, why is are like they deeper? a. They they have uh, arguably the now defense doesn't seem to matter anymore, but in the playoffs it still does. At every position in that starting lineup, they have a lockdown guy with Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You can then you get past that that line of defense. You have Montrezl Harrell inside, who is a monster against Golden State in that first round last year. I saw a lot out of him that was like, nope, wouldn't want to go up against that yeah, guy. Harrell's a monster. Um, and so I think their team, um, Lou Williams off the bench, the best six man of all time. I mean, it just seems like um, – and the Lakers got some good pieces, right? They got they got Danny Green. They have, um, you know, they got Caruso, your guy. You know, but if you think Caruso who's, is who going to come in who there. Is, who's, your, your, <laughs> yeah, who's, who's Caruso, your guy, man. No. The, the white man who dunks. All right, that's all. <laughs> that's you, John. I just, I don't know. At the end of the day, I think um, I think it's a deeper team, and Kawhi is a different animal, man. So if you, if you were to look at, yes, do the Clippers have the best – if the – both teams were to play in a series, the Clippers would have the best two bench players in that series. But after that, the Lakers, I think, at every other position are better. Because you have Dwight coming off the bench. You got Rondo, who's an experienced Rondo, who's been a NBA champion. Lou Williams has been an NBA champion. Montrezl Heller hasn't been an NBA champion. You got Javel McGee. Danny He's an Green. NBA champion. He's definitely an NBA champion. He lets you know that too. And you got Jared oh, Dudley with veteran leadership. Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley <laughs> Dudley. and Caldwell Pope are not. Jared Dudley better not get any players. fights over there. And you right have now. Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench too. And if he ever finds his shot, that, that could be huge. And you just, like, you got LeBron. If you say, okay, Kawhi will nullify LeBron. Then you got AD. Who is guarding AD on the Clippers? At that point, I think it'd probably fall to Harold. Yep. Body him. He's just got to body him. Wear him down. I'm a Laker fan. I love that matchup. Well, I think you'd say you'd think you'd. I think you'd say you'd want Anthony Davis on pretty much anybody in the league at that point. Yeah. Um, So, do the Clippers have that? Because you also got to remember, LeBron is playing defense this year. (laughs) That is a huge deal. (laughs) <laughs> the guy is what top ten in defense efficiency this year, and it's it's like he's Miami Heat LeBron again, playing both sides. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, to see what happens. I, I every I mean obviously everybody's going to hope 
that that turns in that one of them doesn't get an early bounce from the yeah, from the bounce. playoffs. Uh, yeah, um, and we'll see. Well, well they got it. Well, that means they have to be the one, the one and two seeds, right, to play each other in the West Finals. Yeah, you would at least if they don't play each other in the Western Conference Finals, then you hope they meet up somewhere um, in the playoffs and, and give us a series that would be would be absolutely awesome to have an LA LA series. Um, all right, so let's bounce from this question. Uh, Josh, here we go. Start with you again. The Heat, the Heat will make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this season. Negative. And you know what? I don't even feel like I'm at liberty to talk about this fully because I couldn't name, you know, the starting lineup of that team. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to be you, honest. And yet Jimmy here they Butler, are Tyler Hero, 18 and 6 and undefeated 11 and 0 at home. Right? And they got a lot of, you know, you know what I heard recently that I really agree with? They're like the Denver Nuggets of the East. It's like in this league of stars that drive it, you can still have a team where you basically got like one guy who's a star but lesser known, Jimmy Butler. For Denver, it would be like Jokic and just a bunch of solid, hardworking players. Tyler Hero, Kendrick yep. Nunn, Drogic, Waiters, um, Udonis Haslam, who I didn't know was still alive. Justice, <laughs> Justice Winslow. They got Alonzo Mourning playing on that team too, yeah, man. I know, right? Uh, no, Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, Gary, Gary over there. Miles Leonard. Um, yeah, but it's it's a great story. Like for you know, just just to show that it don't matter. Well, it does matter at the end of the day. That that's why I think they don't make the the conference finals. Um, I think that star power does matter. I think that the 76ers and, and even the Celtics. Um, are better, maybe even Toronto because those no. dudes have championship experience. Mm-mm. Siakam, Ibaka, uh, Gasol, Lowry. I mean, I don't know about Lowry in the postseason. He had some <laughs> good games. He had some good games in the finals. He though. played well last year. Yeah, but but anyway, no, I think I think um, you know it's a case of one of those teams that I don't think they're going to fizzle out. I think they could finish around like maybe a four, maybe make crack the top four. If not five seed, five, six seed, I don't think they're going to stay at two. And no, I don't think they're going to make it to the conference finals. I think at the end of the day, you need to have that star to lead your team. Sam? Uh, no. Do I need to explain? Nope. <laughs> Guess not. Uh, <laughs> well, um, I just, I just the same thing. I think Philadelphia looks really good. They're not even playing at full potential, and they look. They are at also every position. They look really good, and then you got the, Milwaukee who's better, and you got Boston who's better. The mm-hmm. only two teams in the NBA with an undefeated home record are in the Eastern Conference, and that's the Heat and the Seventy Sixers. Crazy. Everybody else has uh, lost at least one game at home. Wait, the Kings don't? <laughs> <laughs> the Kings have only seed. the Kings have only lost four at home. Actually, how many um, have they played four? Uh, ten. <laughs> There's six and four at home. Mm. Um. So actually, so since Josh, you just brought up the seventh seed, so I'm gonna read you the seventh through twelfth seed of the Western Conference right now, and there is a three-way tie for seventh: Kings, Suns, Thunder, mm-hmm. Timberwolves, and they're all eleven and thirteen. The Timberwolves are ten and fourteen. The Trailblazers are ten and sixteen, and the Spurs are nine and fifteen. So I'll ask you this question: Out of the Kings, Suns, Thunder, Timberwolves, Trailblazers, and Spurs, 
because I feel like the top half of the Western Conference between the Jazz, Nuggets, Rockets, Mavericks, Clippers, and Lakers is probably going to be, in whatever order, those teams. So mm-hmm. out of those 12 that I mentioned, who is going to fit in at 7 and 8? Um, okay, so I think we can knock – This is so before the season, my problem about getting the Kings into the playoffs, it was two things. It was between them and the Spurs. Reason between it was between it was them and the Spurs is because I thought the Warriors would be there. You know, fair to assume. I think we all I didn't did think, at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember hearing something, just a quick side note. Before the season, um, somebody made a prediction. It was like, this is my bold prediction. The Dallas Mavericks are going to make the playoffs and the Warriors aren't. I'm like, you got to be crazy, you know? Well, here we are. I mean, this can <laughs> yeah. show you what, just, what injuries and everything can happen. Um, but, okay, I say we take the Suns out of there because, you know, decent start. I just don't know if they can keep – I don't know if they can keep it going. You know, they started up even higher. They fall into eighth. Um, out of those other teams, if you want to keep Sacramento in there as a seventh or eighth, which I do believe they can because, you know, that Dallas road trip that they just had was very impressive. They should have went 3-0 and on that um, because they mm-hmm. gave away that game to the Spurs. Yeah. But going in there and beating the, the Mavs and the Rockets, two really solid, you know, three and four seed right there, that's impressive to me, and that shows a lot of growth in the team. So I think – I really believe that they can make it as an eight, maybe a seven. Um, man, it's just that one last team. I think this – unfortunately for you, Jason, I think the Spurs playoff streak is going to come to an end. I um, I think so too. I don't think they're going to make it. Um, and it's – and it's. I think – I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to make it. I still think for some reason – I don't – I can't even chalk it up to not enough experience or anything. I just don't think – I don't think those guys got it, man. Like Wiggins and Towns, those guys, for some reason, they ain't got no killer instinct. It just seems like those guys are just stuck in, stuck in quicksand or something. So, but until they get something like that, um, I still think the Portland Trailblazers can make it in there, uh, and I'd put them above the Thunder. But that could be something where it even comes down to like the last day of the season, or perhaps not, because the Trailblazers seem to be a better second half team. So. With all that, sorry I rambled. Uh, Kings and Blazers, I'd put in there. Kings and Blazers, Sam, same question. Um, ooh, I'd probably go definitely Kings <laughs> for sure. Um, and I had them at the seventh seed earlier this year. Just wanted to put that out there. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go Portland because I don't want to be boring. Um, See, I was act- I was leaning towards what Josh was saying. That was going to be my two. But they are the, the best. Like, if Portland. you were to compare the roster of Portland to every other team, it is better than True. every other team. Yeah. And they're going to, I think, get Nurkic back this year. Not entirely sure on that. Um, Oklahoma City is just that one team that you're like, unless you're a Thunder fan, you're like, please don't let them get in there. Like, Chris Paul's a great player, but the rest of them are just – Mm, it's. I don't want to. I'd rather see an old Carmelo play than you know, a young Shea Gilgis or Stephen Adams or somebody. I don't know. It's just not as compelling in terms of the star value. I think yeah. uh, San Antonio gets in. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so Sacramento and San Antonio over Portland too. Yeah, I just don't think wow. Portland, because we sit here and say that they have a great roster, and this is scary for me to say because I'm up here in Eugene. Very close to Portland, and the riding under doors. Still, they're still losing games right now, and Rodney Hood's out, which he was balling 
for this team. If you guys haven't seen what Rodney Hood was doing before he got injured, he was, I think, top five in three-point percentage, and he was yeah. he locked down that three spot for the Trailblazers. And now you have Bazemore as your starting three, you have Melo as your starting four, and you have a Son Whiteside who you can't really trust. You got defensive problems everywhere, and you're so reliant on Dame and CJ that for an 82-game year, they're not allowed to load manage, and you... They're in the Western Conference, so they those two need a ball every game for them to win. And we've seen it that it that hasn't come to fruition yet. So what what if they trade for Kevin Love? Because I heard them as one of the teams that could really have a chance at him. Portland, so, yeah. So, they get rid of Hassan and, and like uh Myers or whoever else. They don't even have Myers anymore. Okay. Well, whoever else is going to be in on that deal. <laughs> they would probably have to get rid of like Whiteside and then maybe like yeah, um, like Anthony Simons or something. Their backup. Maybe or maybe they package Scal yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> too, they, oh, they need um, Zach Collins to come back. Yep. Um, which I don't know how long. They just have a lot of. They're dependent on a lot of things, and I feel like San Antonio. They just need to figure it out and they always find a way to get in we last year didn't really think they were going to make the playoffs and they found a way to get in i don't see why they can't do it this year the spurs are really weird in terms of um who they've who they've beaten and who who they've lost to because they just lost to cleveland and yet a week ago they beat the rockets they beat the clippers they got absolutely thunder punched by the pistons and they lost to the Timberwolves. That reminds me of the old Kings, man. Yeah, they had a close game against the Lakers and the 76ers and the Mavericks. They couldn't beat either of those teams, but they were really close on all of those. Um, I I don't know. Like they're they're really weird at the moment um, with who they've beaten and who they've lost to. Um, I would still have to agree with Josh, though, at least on with the Blazers, um, especially with that Kevin Love thing in the wind. Because but if that, you can't if that, that falls now. through, well, yes, you can. What if the Kings trade for Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, but th- one of those is feasible, and the other one's not. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Yeah. <laughs> he's a fun guy in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah. um, no, he's a, he's he's a sleep guy in Sacramento, man. Hey, um, Kawhi, so me, if you're listening, you can sit out half the year if you want. If it means you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll ask this question, Josh. We were talking about this earlier. Um, Luka Doncic will win MVP this season. Uh, gosh, man, even if they get like a second or third seed, um, I still say no, I'd still put, I'd still put Giannis and I'd put LeBron above him. Yeah. I'd I'd put Giannis and and LeBron above him. My reasoning, I just think it's too, is it fair to say like, it's just too early. I think it's just too early in his career. Is he in his second year? Um, you know, well, when did Derrick Rose win his MVP? Derrick Rose was he drafted was in '08, and he won it in 20, 2011. 2011. Yeah, so, a couple years. Third three? year. Second. Yeah, so Lucas, second. Yeah, Lucas there. I don't really know my reason. I just know that, man, at the end, Luca, Luca is a great. People are still going to consider Luca a great young player. 
right? Like whenever you hear about Luca, do you hear like out of the mouth, the first thing is like, he's a superstar or do you hear he's like a, he's a great young player. And I think we're still just guys need to have some time, you know, until we consider them like they are a superstar. They're the one leading their teams. Luca may be doing all that stuff, but just in the eyes in the overall narrative created, I have to catch myself from saying Luca's a great young player to saying Luca's like a superstar. But I even have to say like, you know, when Giannis and LeBron, it's like, oh, instant superstar. They've been there. They've been doing it. Giannis is the only thing. And I think, I think um, the other thing that could, besides narratives and wording, that could put Giannis above Luca in the conversation and maybe even first to win back-to-back is because his team, I am surprised of how good they are. They lost Malcolm Brogdon. They, to me, they did not get better. I don't think they got better. They got Wesley Matthews, right, from the Pacers. But I don't necessarily think they got better. If anything, they got a little bit worse. And they've won – did they lose their last game? I don't know. They've won no, like they've 15 – 16, 16 in a row. Okay, 16 in a row. The last time that they won, um, I think 20 or something like that, was back in uh, Abdul-Jabbar, Oscar Robertson. Giannis, again, as I said earlier, the best PER of all time. Shows how efficient he is. And – He's, he's, if you take him off that team, I know you can say the same thing about Luca, but really, I mean, he, I don't see his team, his team, like they're the number one seed. They've only lost three games. Luca is the number three seed. They lost seven games. The teams around both of those players are comparable. I mean, Luca does have Porzingis down there, right? He, he's down there. I think Milwaukee's definitely far and away better than Dallas. Yeah. But Giannis makes them that. No, no, like, the supporting because if you were to think about it, Kristaps is the second guy on Dallas, but he is playing awful this year. But I still think Kristaps is a better number two than like Chris Middleton. No, Middleton. I don't is know. All-star. Middleton's a, a really good player. If you think Kristaps Porzingis is on Chris Middleton's level right now, you're crazy. I'd say not at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's not. You may think like it's a super sizable gap between those two. Uh-huh. I mean, eh, like it could go back and forth. Like, like you're not going to say, "Well, man, Gian- then Giannis should not be up there because he's got Chris Middleton." No, but no, that's Luca not what should because he's got. No, I'm not. I, I know you're not saying that, but I just think at the end of the day, like if the Bucks finish, if they finish with like, you know, 15 losses or something like that, far and away the best team in the NBA, it's got to be attributed to Giannis. I think I'd put him MVP. Sam, what do you think? Um, if all things stay the same, LeBron would win MVP just purely because of the narrative and because the Lakers would finish with one of the best records we may maybe have ever seen from a guy that's leading them at age 35. And NBA... Some writers are going to get tired of voting for Giannis, so they're going to want to look towards a new face type of thing. <laughs> That's a new face. I think it's so crazy how, like, but he hasn't you know, won we, I know, pile. I know, I know, and it, it, it's just crazy because we've always seen LeBron as that guy. Like, I'm tired. We can't vote for LeBron for MVP. We can't. We can't. And now this year, it's like he finally missed the playoffs, and now we're like, okay, it's time. It's time to give it to him again. Well, he would earn it. When- he would earn it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not downplaying that, but I think it's just funny like how quickly narratives change and now we view this guy as like, oh yeah, he's definitely a candidate. Well when was when was the last time LeBron won MVP? God, like Miami Heat days, right? 
he the last season the Miami Heat. He definitely didn't win with. So nope. it, was, it must have been the last year with. Say that was a long. That was no. Nope. It was the year before last because Kevin Durant won it in twenty fourteen. So what? It's been twenty thirteen years since LeBron won. I think that's pretty new of a face. Yeah. For sure. But just for some reason, we always just had him in the fatigue. Because like, he was top three The voter fatigue. Because so his numbers are like virtually the same every year. It's like he always posts like 26, 8, and 7, 27, 8, and 7. 2013 was his last one. Yeah. But he's doing something different this year. Yeah, I feel you. That, I, can, and I could definitely see him as a top as well. I think whichever one of those teams finished with a better record, the MVP could very well go to that guy I between the Bucks and Lakers. I would hate if that's how it's determined, though. Just for me, I, I mean, Milwaukee would date. Milanis would earn it, man. His team is not better than the Lakers overall. That team's not better. Oh, I thought you were just talking about how the Lakers were poor in comparison to the Clippers. So if I say the Lakers are poor, yes, because I think the Lakers are better than the Bucks, and I think the Clippers are better than the Lakers and the Bucks. They're not, though. Well, that's where we differ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> But why why are the Lakers better than Milwaukee's roster? I get, yes, obviously, the first words out of your mouth is going to be AD, obviously. But then after Mm -hmm. that, what do you have in LA that's somehow better than what you have in Milwaukee? I mean, you got. Then why don't you tell them about LA's deep roster right now? I already did earlier. All right, then there's my point. I'll take your point and put it on mine. (laughs) Talk about deep rosters. Milwaukee has Bledsoe. Bledsoe. uh, Lopez. We're not talking about the first season, are we? The MVP is the first season award, huh? Oh, then Bledsoe is the MVP. <laughs> so I, I have, huh. I have one last thing that I wanna that I wanna mention because I just stumbled across this article. It says Sacramento Kings and Milwaukee Bucks to participate in basketball games at prisons. So listen to this. Oh, the Sacramento. <laughs> listen, 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 listen to this. You ready? This is. Mark Spears, right off the undefeated. Ready for this? Here we go. Yeah. The Sacramento Kings and Milwaukee Bucks will be the first NBA teams to participate in basketball games at correctional facilities organized by the um, Represent Justice campaign. The undefeated has uh, has learned. Starting this month, NBA players and coaches will serve as honorary coaches in the campaign's Play for Justice initiative, which will also include facilitated conversations with incarcerated individuals. The Kings will host the first Play for Justice event at a renovated outdoor court on Thursday evening at an undisclosed prison in Northern California. The Bucks will host an event later this month, and together the Bucks and Kings will host an event in Milwaukee on February 10th. Further participation from other NBA teams is expected to be announced in 2020. The campaign's goal is to highlight stories of hope and redemption as well as break down stigmas across I mean, associated with individuals, primarily primarily people of color and the poor impacted by the criminal justice system. So they're going to have basketball games at prisons now, sounds like. That's this season? Sounds like. So they can just up and make that change, like, or was that scheduled? I never heard anything about that. I it literally got posted, this article got posted 19 hours ago, I think. Oh, wow. That's how you get guys to care about the regular season. There you go. There you go, Sam. Pierre, I think we found play it. Or you're going to get shivved by Johnny over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, where do they? Sam, where do the team shower? Sam, you took perfect. You took a perfect, you know, heartwarming story, and you just totally ruined it. <laughs> Is it going to be? Gosh, a man. Prison? 
I don't yeah. know. <laughs> That'd be I don't know. get a ticket to that. Right? You know what? You know what though? The outdoor games are always the okay, they used to do this in college basketball. I think it was like some preseason game. They played it on an Air Force hangar. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was yeah, like they, they years still ago. Do, don't they? I don't know if they do that anymore. Duke and, I just remember Duke in North Carolina play sometimes. That that was years ago though. I don't think they've done that in a while. Because I remember when I was watching it, like Draymond Green was still playing for Michigan State. So that oh. was like twenty twelve. Um but I always thought like a game like that was super cool. I just I like the outdoor court. I like that type of feel. Uh, they better be a good court at the prison. They better be, they be playing on no blacktop or nothing like Wait, that. I got, I got another question though. If do the players have to wear like orange uniforms? Oh so gosh, then, um, man! So then, like the inmates can like support their teams. You know, I saw that question coming. <laughs> so they should. Who's, so the who's thunder. orange in the NBA? They got the Thunder to go. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, there's a lot of Thunder fans out here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, um, Jason, good try, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I Is just, there I also saw like that? their own dance team too? Like in the longest yard? I was about to say the longest yard. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh, what a great movie. I love that movie. I love that movie. Um, well... That's pretty much come to the end of our sports segment. Josh, have you um, – this is – I just – I have to ask because this is one of the last things Sam, Sam and I talked about on the last show. Um, have you been watching uh, The Mandalorian at all? No, I don't have Disney Plus, man. Okay. I just had to ask because I had I, – I wanted to know how many people have been watching it and um, it's been getting um, a, a ton of publicity, obviously, um, over the past couple months. So – um, I ju- I had to ask. So Disney Plus is is that worth it? Like with all the shows and everything they got on there? I mean, it's only like six bucks a month. So, okay. And it's a ton of content. So I mean, if you're a Disney fan, six bucks a month is not not that not that bad. Can you package it with um, ESPN Plus too? Yeah, yep. and I think if you have Verizon, you have it for a year free. I think. Something like that. I'm not sure. Um, I heard some about that, but it's yeah. I mean, for six bucks a month, it's it's not that bad. Man, all I know is that there's a bunch of content out there. You got Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, but there's only one podcast. Now there's that's nothing there's to say. Lot, there's there's only podcasts. one podcast where they got nothing to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And that podcast features the one and only nestled up there in Eugene. <laughs> But you ever present, ever it present did. in our hearts <laughs> for score and 70 plus miles away, Sam. It's definitely 70 plus miles away. UL definitely. T. Sam UL T. Josh, what is Sam's middle name? Um, Samuel <laughs> T. Toomey. <laughs> Samuel Stephen Sam. Stephen Stan. What is Sorry. Josh's middle name? Oh, hell if I know. It's <laughs> um, a good guess. Well, I know both, so that's – I uh, I win. Ha-ha. <laughs> Josh. Do you have a guess? Um, I doubt it's Patrick. Everyone's got Patrick as their middle name. <laughs> <laughs> it's the GOAT middle name. I don't know what you uh, want me to say. <laughs> is it like – isn't it like Charles? It's not. I'm going to guess yours, <laughs> Sam. Sam Claxton Toomey. Claxton? 
Claxton. Baba, pull it up. No, my middle name is Hamas. Oh. Well, thanks for thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, see, now, Sam, you have to you have to tell uh, Josh your middle name. No, I don't want him. <laughs> don't be a don't be a baby about it. Come don't on, now. A, don't be a baby. This is I feel like Jason's the teacher, Sam. No, you tell him your middle come name. Come on. Come on. We're working this out. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. It's it's Morris. Is that a question? That's no, it, that's, that's his middle name. <laughs> that's not a question. There's no question mark. It's 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 Morris. That's not how. It... Oh, no, no, but no, you didn't say it like that. But it kind of came off questionably. It's Morris. So, John, <laughs> what what's what are you working on for YouTube? What's what's what next? I, what what's next, man? There's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I got coming up next. I'm glad I ain't got no school for a month, so I'm going to be working on some stuff. Um, Definitely a shout do... out for the show. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I got you guys on that last time I came off of here. Um, man, just just a number of ideas. Like, there's so much. It's almost hard to make stuff about um, specific get like games within the NBA season because it just happens so fast, and I don't have the time in each day to like react to exactly what happened last night. Um, so it's more of like big picture type stuff, storylines, no, storylines, and and you know, looking deeper into how players are doing the things that they're doing. Um, some sneaker videos are coming. I've got a couple. I think I might even have a video on top LeBron moments for you, Sam. Wow. 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 Look at how I'm turning over a new leaf. How does the biggest LeBron hater choose the LeBron's top moments? You know, you oh, know, oh, oh I get it. So 2011 finals were very... <laughs> very prevalent in that video right no man you'd be surprised man ever since we graduated high school i've not had the same amount of lebron hate i've actually grown to like lebron a little bit because you got a little smart um, that's what happened no i just be- becoming more and more objective man does like, that mean i was right that whole time no you said a, you said a lot of nonsense man <laughs> that's true <laughs> it's uh, you still would sit there and say a lot of nonsense but um i was actually watching this interview with lebron he just did this partnership with uh like this calm app or something helped you sleep mastering the mental. I think that's really, really interesting to look into that with athletes and just people in general, just the, the overall mind. Um, but he partnered with them and he's talking about an interview and he's like, he brings it up to, I like that. He doesn't shy away. He goes, man, ever since that, that, uh, because, because David Miniman, the interviewer asked him, when do you feel like you really started focusing more on the mental Versus just going out there and dominating the physical. He's like, man, after the Dallas series, it's like after 2011. And he like owns it. He's like, after that, I started to really work on, you know, what am I thinking about? What's my sleep schedule like? Stuff like this. And to me, like that shows so much growth and maturity of, of, a, of an all-time great player um, and the ability to own that, you know, and come out and talk about the shortcoming. Like, yeah, man, I definitely, I definitely screwed that up. But going forward, I worked on a lot of stuff. Now you see where I'm at now. And to his credit, I mean, you never – I mean, we really haven't seen him choke, like really choke away any game, any playoff game since then. So to his credit. Facts. Look at, look at Josh. Yeah. Look at Josh. Unless you listen to Skip Bayless because then he says he chokes against uh... – Kevin Durant and the Warriors both times, but I don't I don't listen to that anymore, man. I just I don't know. No no skipping Shannon, none of that, man. I just think it's too too biased. Bro, 
I'm telling you, Golik and Wingo, that's the place to go. There you go. They're the best. They well, we're the best, but they're the second best. Um, Josh, I was at Dick's the other day. I was, I was, I was, uh, I was upset. I didn't see you there. Well, that's disappointing because I'm going to be working there a lot upcoming. Yeah, I was there at night, so I was. Kinda, yeah, I figured it was an off chance that you were going to be there, but I was a. Uh, I was disappointed. That is disappointing. I, I as, walked... Sam, as Sam is flipping chicken, I'm going to be dishing out sneakers. Yeah, there we go. Well, Sam's going to be burning himself on stoves. Apparently, I don't. Wait, so wait, so Sam, wait, wait. At work, you flip chicken, but at home, you boil it. Or <laughs> <laughs> should work teach you something at that point? Wait, are you just tired of flipping it? Well, first off, if you were to, to just flip the chicken, it's not going to get cooked. I'm talking about multiple. Well, if flips, you boil obviously. chicken, it's not going to get cooked either. It's it just going to be wet. No, it does. <laughs> no, it does not. Yeah, you like you like it pink. It do, it's not pink. <laughs> it's white. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember when you're out in the wilderness with Bear Grylls and he leaves you and you're like, well, how do I cook this chicken? You're going to remember me and you're going to boil some water. I'm not going to boil it. I'm going to stick it on a stick and make a rotisserie. That wouldn't turn out. <laughs> Will you watch it? <laughs> it wouldn't be cooked all the way. You'd get sal- salmonella and die. Hey, hey, what if you're in the salt flats and you don't have any water? Oh, yeah. What are you going to do then? Then there's no chicken. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh. Okay, the I chicken gave you runs. a piece of chicken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A you bought it from Safeway chicken. on the way there. <laughs> Wait, <what>? Safeway. <laughs> the camera crew had flats. it because <laughs> the camera crew had it because they'd be grubbing over there while you guys are eating worms and all this nonsense. Okay, they'd be get, having their Cliff Bars and chicken. You get three things to survive. Yeah, I just, I just want a raw piece of chicken. That's it. <laughs> Sam, you get three things to survive. I'm getting a phone with an instant dial, speed dial. Don't Sam be that Toomey. guy. Phone with the speed dial to Sam Toomey. I'm getting. I'm gonna. Um, if it's an unknown number, I'm not answering it. That's true. Gosh. Okay. So uh, <laughs> either way, I'm trying. I'm trying, Sam. If he doesn't pick up, it's all right because I got Sam's handy dandy cookbook of boiling chicken. Right. And if that doesn't work out, then I'm gonna SOS in the sky to Sam Toomey. What am I gonna do? Uh, you're gonna get lost. <laughs> what would I do then? If I SOS the sky, yeah, you look up in it and find it. But I'm not anywhere near the salt flats. <laughs> no, no, this is not salt flats anymore. Where I are thought you? we were. I thought we were still out on the salt. <laughs> <laughs> now I am currently um, in your backyard. I don't have a yard. Why would you need to send an SOS from a backyard? Yeah, you're just causing a fire. Because you know they this don't want us to have. This has gone off the rails in so many ways. <laughs> Our listeners are going okay, okay. I'm sorry, we lost, we lost a couple. No more five star rating. <laughs> five star gone, out the door, out the door. SOS from the backyard, boiling chicken. So Josh is suddenly a LeBron fan. Like the world has changed, ladies. And I'm, not I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm an objective observer. I've become less and less of a fan of of teams and more of an overall fan of the league. Is that because the Warriors are trash? Partly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, he owned up to it, man. Sorry, right? are you? Would you identify yourself as a Warrior fan? I would say, and even when they were good, I began to say this, and I stuck to it. I favor them. 
See, Sam, I'm a lot different, man. My like YouTube NBA content, fan. my my YouTube content, my uh, you know, uh, t- conversations with people about the league back in high school. I was a straight up warrior till I die. Then I realized they don't pay my bills, and I might want to work in this profession as a reporter. And I'm not going to want to be someone who, you know, basically, you know, favors one team and can never interview athletes from other teams. So I was like, okay, what can I do then? Make this a little more objective. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I favor them over other teams, but you know, if if it's if they're not have anything to do with it, I'm still gonna watch. Well, I, guess they, I guess that just goes to show your lack of love for that team if you just discard it. I wouldn't say I'm discarding it. I would challenge you in that I never had a, a Ben Welker type desire in the first place. Oh my! We would spend hours arguing about the Warriors and Kings. We did. We and did. you had no desire. The war- Well, yeah. I've definitely favored the Warriors. Those were the days. You said you were a fan. Yes, I would favor. Yes. Can, can I go from, can a man change from fan to merely favoriting a team? No. What's a fan? <laughs> Just define fan. A fan is a fanatic. Yeah. A fan is a fanatic and someone who is like high energy, put it, high passion, high energy, high passion, all out for that. I don't, dude. There's, there's another area in my life that you know far well that is more important to me than a team, Shoes? and that is the only. That's the only thing I can put my full passion and you know allegiance into. Styling the mustache. Nope. The mustache, I did have a dirty stash. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I shaved it recently. I got some side jobs, too. Sam, I got to say, I got to say, you should have seen Josh, because I I see him every Sunday. You should have seen him during No Shave November. Mm -hmm. Oh, it it was back. Side chops. Side chops as well. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could see And I'll tell you what, he was not happy about it. But he had agreed to do it. So Why? It was, oh, there what? were times, man. It felt. It just felt bushy. <laughs> it, it was. Bushy. It was. It was something. Something to behold. I'll tell you. Are you growing it out pretty well? Like, is it? Is it covering your whole face or what? It, it's shaved now. Well, I mean, when you were at that it time, um, it was definitely not just the mere peach fuzz that you saw in uh, in dirt, mere dirty type. Um, Condiments <laughs> that you saw in uh, in high school, but uh, like, is it on your uh, cheeks at all? I had a stash. I had a bit of not a goatee, but I had hair in the area where one would grow one, and I you had so PC about it. And I had uh, <laughs> I had side chops, like Elvis side chops. Man. I had hair where most people grow hair in the area of the spot. <laughs> That a normal kid my age would grow hair. Normal kid. No man, they ain't no normal man. Yeah, we're all kids, Jason. Well, I, I, well, I guess I actually I'm the only 21 year old here. So does that mean you're not a kid? No, no, it doesn't. My dad's Sam. a 50 something year old kid. We can both agree on that. Sam, yeah, kid, I, kid at that. heart, kid at heart. That's he right. That's really chicken. all that matters. That's right. Oh, true. Just really boiling, matters. boiling chicken. And maybe I'll make it for you guys sometime. Boiled? Can um, you send it no. in the, over? Yeah, like pie package priority mail. Yeah, I bet it would last that long. <laughs> it would probably boil on the way over. So <laughs> if I like UPS, I don't know, 
plus or whatever their select thing is. If I get yeah. that like two nights or whatever, one overnight, maybe. Yeah, I'm gonna need it one overnight, man. Okay. All right. Well, what a way to end the show, right? That was fun. Josh, yeah. I'm glad we had you back. Yeah, you know, we had a good run there up until about the 70-minute mark of seriousness, and then it just kind of all went down. But yeah. that's just what happened. That's okay. That's okay. That's uh, okay. Well, Josh, thanks for coming back on the show. We'll probably We'll probably have you back on probably towards maybe the playoffs-ish. We mm. can uh, we can start talking about uh, start talking about playoffs when uh, once that playoffs. rolls around. Playoffs. Yeah. Which, which, <laughs> uh, which team are you going to be supporting come playoff time? I am going to be supporting my main man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Adam Silver. Oh wow, that was some intense. Uh... Wait, you weren't? <laughs> you didn't cut out there. They say, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> no. They say, they say. <laughs> They say in public speaking to master the pause, and that is what we have just. <laughs> you have not mastered. The yeah, pause. But that long of a pause makes you look like an idiot. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a podcast. So you can't look at can't look at what's going on. Oh my gosh, we're gonna end this show. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope if you stuck with us this long, then like uh, like we always say, we have no idea what you've been doing with your time. Um, oh, we, uh, we'll see you all, uh, next, well, actually, yeah, it'll be next week. Uh, we'll have some new guests coming on. Uh, hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Christmas is right around the corner. Stay safe if you're traveling and, uh, we will, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks guys. All right.